Hello, friends, and welcome to the Home Record Podcast, where we wreck and shatter conventional wisdom and ways of thinking by bringing alternative viewpoints and different subjects to light in an attempt to not only change the thoughts and feelings most people accept as reality, but to obliterate them completely. I'm your host. See, like that long dramatic pause. Oh my God! So like super, Alexarian. super long dramatic pause. I am a former professional wrestler, the Golden Greek Alex Arion, joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing wife, the lovely Monique. Monique, Hi. how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? Fantastic as always. So we we've uh, had uh, quite the cold winter so far. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I don't like the cold. I don't know why we have not just up up and 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 moved to a warmer climate, a warmer area. Because I, of my parents. <laughs> they won't go. Darn it. Let's let's go somewhere warm. Yes, are you listening? <laughs> and and they're and they're right now going, but we were in Florida and you guys didn't come down there then. <laughs> we came back to you. So I I guess Touche. You know, but there are better places than Florida. Well, well, I guess. I mean, in terms of climate. Oh, in terms, of, yeah. I mean, if I, if I ideally, if I could just pick up and move anywhere, it'd be like somewhere in like Central America, South America, one of those countries. Maybe in Costa Rica. Where there's Rica. like, it probably because that's more so, uh, from from all accounts, from everything I've ever read, heard, or seen, it's most like America in terms of you know they got shopping malls they get restaurants and all that kind of stuff everywhere so the the culture the the society if you will is is very similar in its trappings I guess uh, as 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 we are so it'd be like the most comfortable adjustment I guess you could say but then it also has the the beautiful beaches and 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 the you know the stuff that, that you want so anyway Costa Rica would be great, but anyhow. Anyway. Anyway, what's new with you? It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Have Yikes. to have the heat on. Yeah, get the flannel sheets on the bed now. Yes. Yes. So yeah, trying to stay warm. Mm-hmm. But enough about the weather. Yeah. How are you doing? You already asked me. I said I'm fantastic as always. Okay. Anything else you want to touch on before we jump in our subject? How about yourself? I'm good. Good. I am well. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah. Did you want to touch on anything before we jump into our subject? You know what? There's something I was going to bring up, but I kind of want to jump, like jump in. I keep saying that, but get into today's topic. So I have to ask now because I just remembered. Mm. Did you remember the thing that you were going to say at the end of last week's show? No. No. I even listened back to the episode to see if I could remember. <laughs> if it would it trigger was. the memory for you? No, nothing. I couldn't remember because then other thoughts pop in my head and. I couldn't remember. But yeah, that was fun with Karen. I yeah, her. that was that was a really, really fun time. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's get into this week's show, yes. which we were going to do a show on something different. But then we, we got a text message from our buddy, 
uh, Matt Spectro, who does the uh, uh, who who has been a guest on our show. We've been mm-hmm. a guest on his show as well, uh, and and he wanted to uh, ask us if we'd ever done a show on. Uh, was it? Did he ask about the the beast the of beast Bray of Bray Road. Road? Okay, yeah. He's so he named that specifically, and I was like, no, we've actually never done anything like on werewolves or anything like that at all. We've done Bigfoot, but never, never that. Another so, like local cryptids for us. Yeah, yeah. So, so we decided. Uh, he mentioned there was like a documentary that he saw. It was on Amazon Prime or something. So he didn't know if we'd seen it, and so we said, "Well, guess what we're watching tonight." And then we said, "You know what? Guess what we're going to do a show on now." Yeah. And then so we we've spent the past few days just kind of watching a couple of different things that we found and and doing some reading and research, mm-hmm. trying to get as much information as possible about this thing and you know uh, how i am with my research and and i I gotta say i actually sat next to her to to her next to you (laughs) to me next yeah i was sitting next to you and watching you do your research and it was very uh educational for me really yeah because like when i do stuff i just i'll do like one thing and then that's it i do one search i'll click on like an article and then follow links from the article so that's how I I mean I'll go back to like the search page and look for different stuff but that seems like I go down a rabbit hole if I get like one article that uh, captures my interest I'll click on that read through it and if there's like a link or like a hyperlink or something linking to something else about the subject in that article I'll just go down a rabbit hole of clicking links in the articles and I tend to get a lot of different information that way but watching you do it you you're like oh you pick something up then you jump onto the search engine with something different and I'm just watching you I'm like oh wow okay and I search it like wording it so many different ways to yeah. find what I'm looking for yeah I'm just like whoa okay so that's how that's done all right that's how I do it I don't know if that's how it's done well I mean you came up with some good stuff so I did. That, that's all I'm saying well, but anyway I want to know well yeah that's a uh, that's it I so am like open to like all the different possibilities of things but I feel like I'm also such a skeptic where it's like that's probably me rubbing off on you prove it wrong all right I want to believe but I need to like go through all these things first to see like what else could it be that's the old Fox Mulder right I want to believe yeah yeah I'm with you. I'm with you because some some of this stuff just seems so fascinating well it doesn't seem it is fascinating but is it true? Is it real? Or is it just stories that people have made up and that have survived generations? Well, why don't we talk so a little gonna, bit about the Beast of Bray Road and what it is. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for decades, there have been sightings of a beast-like creature that is often sighted on Bray Road in Elkwood, Wisconsin, described as a dog or wolf-like animal that stands and runs on its hind legs. And this beast was made famous by journalist Linda Godfrey by her articles on it and her book, Beast of Bray Road. So basically, Linda was she started out as a cartoonist and I guess a journalist quit, a reporter quit at the paper and they gave her the job as a reporter. So she was told about this. She decided to investigate it. And when she spoke to the animal control officer for the county, he pulled out a file that he wrote on it labeled werewolf. Which is awesome. Werewolf. <laughs> yeah. so werewolf, great. come on. So <laughs> she was like, okay, this this is a story because right there the fact that an official 
has a folder labeled an werewolf. An official. It's an animal control officer, it's right? It's still a town official I, 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 or I guess, county official. I guess, but I mean, I, I've heard stories of animal control officers and run across them in my time. And they're, you know, probably, I, I don't know how it is in every town, but from, from any that I've encountered, they seem like they were on the... The lower end of the totem pole as far as, like, importance of officials went. Officials, I put that in quotes. I don't mean, like, they, they are a part of the town government. Okay. Fair enough. It, it's not like it's some, like, backwoods dude who hunts werewolves and has, like, file folders. Oh, no, no, it. no, no, no. It's oh. somebody who works for the county. They're an official. Fair enough. They're operating in a, an official capacity. All right. There. Said your piece. I did. And then I, some. <laughs> I will say that I'm going to back off on that one. And there you go. All right. Um, so basically, there were a lot of reports of sightings of some animal-like creature, but it was a mix between an animal, like a wolf or dog, and a human. And the big part of that, a lot of um, stories said almost like a German shepherd type head or a wolf type head, but it was very large, tall, and running on the hind legs almost human-like and would use its hands like a human so not as a typical wolf or dog would do but as a person would use its hands and many people uh, commented that they would get a sense of dread they would be instilled with such fear when they saw this creature and I kind of wondered like could it be just because you're scared you're seeing something you're not used to seeing I mean, it's typically late at night when they see it. That's the thing. I think I think most of the sightings. Now, I haven't read the Beast of Bray Road book. I'm I'm curious now. I kind of want to pick it up and and check it out. Where she, uh, Linda Godfrey's book, where she, you know, goes through all these different stories and and, uh, sightings that that have been reported to her. So I'm curious if if there have been any sightings during the day. Anything that I saw. Or any of the documentaries that we watched, it seemed like all of the stories and eyewitness accounts were at night. So, I don't know if it's, it's if it's something that you could say they felt a sense of dread and fear because you're out at night and you're seeing something. You can't tell what it is because it's dark. You're on a creepy back road, yeah, a dark road sure. anyway. Yeah, so I mean, is that why the sense of fear and dread is there? Is it already kind of there and simmering and then you see something that makes it really come to the surface? Well, I, I think know. being caught off guard can just kind of trigger that. But some people would go as far yeah, as saying it was demonic. They <sighs> felt it was a demon. It was demonic. It was truly evil. And again, I question, is that just because they're scared? Anytime I hear that kind of stuff, I feel like it's just, I, I, I don't know. I, that's a tough one because obviously the person, you can't, you can't really, I, it's hard to discount somebody's feelings. But I just, I personally think that that may just be the fear. I, I don't know. Again, if you're not there witnessing it and experiencing it, you, you can just, it, you're essentially like, no, you're like, I, like everybody. You're like, you're an asshole. Everybody's got, an, you have an opinion, which is like an asshole. Everybody's got one, right? So it's kind of like your opinion that it could be demonic or couldn't be demonic or whatever. But my but, question is, what makes you think that? Is it because of the amount of fear you felt I think, looking at it? I think uh, the, the eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to get into that. Yeah, because of the, the glowing red eyes, mm-hmm. they'd say, th- that kind of thing. And obviously that that image ha- that image in everybody's mind is, is of a demon or demonic because of media and all that kind of stuff and movies and whatnot. 
So I think that that's the image that people have when they think of demon or they say demon, it's got glowing red eyes or whatever. So that's probably maybe where that feel that may have triggered the feeling in this person mm -hmm. that witnessed it too. Uh, or <laughs> maybe it's a demon and that's why they got that feeling. I don't, I don't know, yeah. but it, it's, I think it's important to try to run through as many different scenarios as possible to try to figure out, is this really what people are kind of, what the story has kind of molded it into or is it just... What could it be? Yeah, what could it be? Is it nothing? That's is it the, more than nothing? Yeah. Is it something? Is it something totally different than what we think it is? Right. Yeah. But basically, Linda came up with the beast because she didn't, like... She didn't really yeah. know what to call it because it, uh, from a couple of different interviews and stuff that we saw with her, she didn't know what to call it. Uh, it it's, it's not as... But, but she was getting a lot of sightings and what she thought was it's not Bigfoot because there there's a, a different a differentiation excuse me and uh, uh, between the two and so she didn't know what to call it and she didn't she said oh I'll call it a beast because beast is like it could be anything from like a mouse to an elephant you know it, it, it can cover so many different ranges of things and then when she typed it out and saw Beast of Bray Road, she's like, oh, it's got the alliteration, it's got mm -hmm. a cool title, it's got a nice ring to it, and so it kind of stuck. So that's where that came from. But essentially, it, it seems to me like it'd be like what a werewolf, what people would consider a werewolf to be, right? Yeah, and, and people do, like, it, it, people did call it a werewolf, and I just want to say that with everything that we looked into, it doesn't come off to me like a man that turns into a wolf. Correct. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So I just want to put that up. Yeah, it, it seems more so like a, uh, I'd classify it as a cryptid, I guess. Mm -hmm. Would probably be a, a more accurate description. It's it's an actual creature, we think. We're, we're theorizing here. Uh, and we'll get into some weird stuff in, in a bit about it. But yeah, it's a, it's a creature, but it's always in that state, we think. We don't think it's a man or a, or a woman or, or anything that turns into, it becomes the beast on like a full moon or something like you see in the movies. Mm -hmm. We don't think it's that, but we don't know what it is. So nobody really does yet. Maybe they never will. Uh, now, the Bray Road thing is kind of where uh, it, it became, I guess, and picked up some national prominence because mm -hmm. it got, she wrote the book and all that kind of stuff. But, Come to find out, it's not just in Wisconsin, the the, the sightings of a creature like this. Uh, over across the across the way in Michigan, they've had a lot of sightings um, over there as well. And actually over there, it's known as the Michigan Dogman. So, and a lot of the descriptions match. They, they seem very similar. And if you're looking at, uh, like in one of the documentaries we watched, they were talking about how wolves if this is some type of a wolf like a hybrid wolf or something like that wolves can travel up to 40 miles in a day like normally like that's their normal travel route like they, they walk that much and they can run and everything else so it's very very possible that if this is some type of a wolf or a hybrid of a wolf that it could be making it from michigan over to wisconsin and and it's not a big deal. It's not a problem. It could be so. Basically, it could be the a, the same creature. If there's only one, it could definitely be the same it creature. It could be moving, but there it could, could be, be more moving than back one. and forth. 
so it's a possibility just based off of that knowledge and also the fact that I, I would have to line up every single sighting that's been documented to see this, but I, I don't know if there's any that have taken place on the same day, say in Michigan and in mm. uh, Wisconsin. I don't I don't know if there's any that happen around the same time, like the same, or same night, day, same, the same night, time frame. Right. I I don't know that, so I couldn't say, but there are people that are hypothesizing it's the same creature. The, the one individual creature that's going back and forth in that area. That's yeah. its territory, I guess. And it's not just necessarily that area because as we looked into it, there's been other places. Yeah, there's been sightings of this kind of thing for for a while. Uh, and they, they actually go back as far as 1936 mm-hmm. in Wisconsin of this particular type of creature. But yeah, looking into it and researching, obviously werewolves, if if it's that type of a thing, it, the, those stories have been around for centuries. And, and those were not only uh, in Europe where they originated, but Native Americans had those stories and legends going back hundreds of years as well. So it's tough to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we did research. There was one... Here, like stories here in New Hampshire. Yeah, there's like dog like man all over type the stories in Texas, New Hampshire. North sure. Carolina, like everywhere, it was really scattered. Yeah, and, and and that's that's the other hypothesis. If it's not one type of creature, if it is a cryptid type animal uh, or creature like Bigfoot, and and breeds, and if it's a if it's a wolf hybrid or something like that, it could be spreading. It could be multiplying in its territory because their wolves are territorial it could be expanding its territory this type of species if that's what it is could be mo- you know packs of it popping up in different regions so <laughs> one of the things that i was curious about was people saying oh glowing red eyes yeah and again it basically it makes it seem more sinister and I was like, okay, well, we know at night there's animals that cause their eyes to have this reflective glow to it. Yeah. And I wanted to do a little research. So the animals where their eyes kind of have that reflective light, it's called tapetum. Oh, I wrote it. I wrote it down. Tapetid, tapetum lucidium. Lucid, lucidum. 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 Tapetum yeah. lucidum. Tapetum lucidum. And... Coyotes, wolves, and dogs' eyes usually have a fiery white glow. Yeah, it's the the tapetum lucidum. It's the membrane in the eyes. Mm -hmm. A bobcat's eye shine is yellowish white to amber. A bear's eyes will glow fiery orange. Raccoons' eyes may appear to have a red glow, as do rabbits'. Some cats' eyes can glow red as well, and I believe that's if they have blue eyes. So, example, Siamese. The perceived eye color at night depends on several factors, like the animal's actual eye color, the light source, and how the retina is constructed. Yes, so you said it causes their eyes to glow at night. Well, there has to be some sort of a light light source source. when it hits it. You left that part out, so let's just make sure people know that. The the animals are not just going to have their eyes glow. It's the the, the tapetum lucidum, excuse me, I had to... Had to look down at the notes again for that one. <laughs> the tapetum lucidum, it's the membrane in the eyes. And what happens is when there's a light source nearby or if you shine a light at it, it the reflection, 
that that's what will cause that glowing effect. So their eyes aren't, they're not just walking around in pitch black with eyes glowing all the time. So I just want to make sure Thank people you. are clear on that. Yeah, but that could be why people are seeing these orange or red glowing eyes. It could be a bear. One of the documentary shows we watched, um, it kind of looked, they got it on video. It was night vision, so it was very hard to see, but she was like, the eyes were orange. They were like a fiery orange. And it kind of what we could see with the shape, the outline of it kind of looked like a bear. And that would make sense because if it was a bear, it would have orange eyes glowing. So that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't really tell what the shape was. It looked big enough that it could have been a bear, but you couldn't make out the head shape or anything like that. It was Or difficult. the body shape. You could just tell it was big. It was but like you couldn't really, seeing the ears and kind of like, There was yeah. no defined outline because it was pitch black, so... But looking at, at that, I could say maybe it's a bear. Yeah. That's what I mean. You maybe could it's say, a wolf. You could say that they're looking for the Beast of Bray Road and they found a bear instead. Yeah. And the Beast of Bray Road is still out there. Who yeah. knows? So let's talk about the first documented sighting yeah. for Wisconsin. We're going to talk about that in one minute. We're oh. going to take a quick break, though, first. Sure. All right. We'll be right back. Hearers, watchers, homewreckers. Like what you're hearing or watching so far and want even more homewrecker content? Then check us out on Supercast, where you can get more exclusive bonus content starting for as little as $5 a month. You'll get more of the content you love and also have access to exclusive episodes, listener requested shows, watch alongs, AMAs, plus special deals on Homewrecker Podcast merchandise and more. Visit homewreckerpodcast.supercast.com to sign up or click the link in our show notes. We really appreciate your support. We do. So hit pause and go check out homewreckerpodcast.supercast.com right now. Or click the link in the show notes. Thanks. And we're back. And I think it's time we get into uh, some of these stories, I guess. I, I think a good place to start is the first sighting, which took place back in 1936. Yes. This would have been the first sighting in the Wisconsin area of, of what is now known as the Beast of Bray Road. So would you like to uh, go into this story? Why don't you do it? You want me to do it? Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. Sure, why not? So Mark Shackleman told his son that he had seen the beast twice while working as a night guard at St. Coletta, which was a Catholic convent east of Jefferson in 1936. Shackleman claimed that he saw something by one of the ancient burial mounds on the property and it was digging at the mound. He claimed it smelled like rotting meat and stood about seven feet tall and weighed about 500 pounds with a face like a wolf and its hands were human-like with a twisted thumb. So he spots this thing while he's on his patrol. He sees it and gets scared and immediately runs away, which, okay, makes sense, yeah. sure. And then... The way he explained the the story to his son was he 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 mustered up some some gumption he, he he got his wits back about him, and he and he he mustered up the guts to turn back around and go see what the hell that thing was. You know he he's got to be protecting this place. It's his job, right? So he goes back, and the the creature is still there, and he got real close to it, and this time he really looked at it, and that's when he got a look at it, and got to see like up close its hands, and he noticed the thumb was all twisted and everything. 
And he said that when he went back, he had like like a two minute stare down with this creature and that it was making grunting sounds and that it turned towards him and it, it almost sounded like it was saying a word and the word that he made out was Gadara, uh, spelled G-A-D-A-R-A. And so yeah, that was that was exciting. He ended up walk, turning around, walking away, getting out of there. And well, it, yeah, the thing took off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he never saw it again, but it obviously stayed with him. It freaked him out. And he tells his son, who tells Linda Godfrey about it, way down the road, you know, when she started reporting about uh, these sightings. One of the things I want to point out about that story is where the church was located because... Please, yeah. In Wisconsin, and that's something that's going to come up in a bit, is there are Native American burial and effigy mounds and the church was built like smack dab in the middle of a bunch of them so you have this big convent and it's buildings and then there's these effigy mounds all around it and this guy said that he saw this beast digging in one of the mounds like it was trying to get at something yeah pretty crazy now the the word gadara apparently is a place that's mentioned in the Bible and it's uh, a place that uh, it was famous in the Bible. The story it was mentioned in was a story of Jesus casting out a demon from somebody. It was in a place called Gadara. So if that's what this beast actually said, if it actually spoke and, and to my knowledge, again, I haven't read the beast of Bray road book, uh, but to my knowledge, any stories that I saw, there was no other accounts of the beast talking or saying anything. So did it say anything or did the guy maybe think he heard that? Maybe he just got done reading the Bible or subconsciously that was a word that he recognized because he had read the Bible in the past. I, who knows? But that who knows? helped with the whole like it's demonic type of mentality with this sure thing, with a yeah, lot of people absolutely oh they hear the story and think it's demonic because it said that it must be where the demon was cast down and That's this is how the, it came about this yep, is kind of laying the groundwork for that yeah that narrative yeah yes. absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. so uh from there uh yeah that was it right from there yeah that that particular area in jefferson county uh, in Wisconsin became a hotbed for sightings. And I just want to point out, and I, I'm not going to go on a tangent, but I just want okay. to point out yet again, the Catholic Church is taking these Native American, these sacred ceremonial grounds and building on them. We've talked about it before in other episodes, how the church does this. And this is just another prime example of them doing it yet again. So I just wanted to point that out. Feel better? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now th this is this is this part right here. This next part of this uh, of the research that we did here, I found very interesting. So this is kind of now going over into Michigan and the Michigan Dog Man and those type of those particular sightings. So in 1987, a DJ in Traverse City, Michigan, named Steve Cook, wrote and recorded a song about a terrifying creature called the dog man now he did this as an april fool's joke so he essentially he wrote a poem and said it to some really interesting music <laughs> I, I 
sure maybe maybe you'll find it catchy if you hear it <laughs> and and uh he played this on on the radio station as a, as a joke as an April fool's joke and i i guess after the song aired he received a, a number of calls from listeners and uh, they all claimed to have seen the creature that he described. Now, he says that he came up with this using his own imagination. He had no knowledge of any of the Native American legends or stories of the dogman before. He'd never heard of anybody seeing anything like this. He says that this just came from his imagination one day and he put it down, pen to paper, and then recorded this thing and thought, oh, this will make a fun April Fool's joke. That's what he says. Now, whether or not that's true, I who knows. But that's the story. So after that, like like I said, people start calling in, say, "No, that we saw that, we've seen that." So, is this a, a April Fool's joke gone wrong? Like maybe he ribbed himself almost, like maybe. by 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 uh, putting this thing out. Uh, I don't know. Did he have knowledge of the dog man and and hear these type of stories uh, as a child growing up? maybe forgotten about them and subconsciously they're still there so he's putting it you know writing up this thing or did he just lie that he didn't know about it I, who knows we don't know don't know but with these stories that come forward from people again we talked about like the whole demonic thing yeah. and then which made me question well is it just one because other people have claimed to see multiple at once so my thought with that is if it is some kind of demonic being entity can it take a form of multiple creatures at once that's a good question i see i don't i wouldn't i don't know i I don't know the answer to that i don't think anybody unlikely then to say it's a demon from you know that place in the bible or whatever Gadara, or just like you know one demon i think that allows us to rule that out possibly if that's yeah if that's what this Mm -hmm. is we don't know again yeah so i I just i question that it it made me wonder yeah and and one of the one of the uh, i can't remember which one it was but one of the documentary shows that we watched uh, it was it was essentially it was like a series type uh, type of deal where they they go and investigate different stuff. I for the life of me can't remember the name of it now, but they had for what, whatever reason on this particular show they had was it three or four of the witnesses that they interviewed. They made them take polygraph <gasps> yes. tests, and they all had different stories and everything of, of what they witnessed and saw. But they all passed their polygraph test. Was that Monster Quest? It may, it may, but it the may weird have thing been. is, I, I they saw remember. different things. They all saw one different kid things. Saw more of a Bigfoot-like creature. Yeah. Um. One of the girls said she was with her friends, and, and they, they saw, saw three, three of, of these dogman-type creatures. Right. And then there was a couple that saw it driving down the road, and it seemed more like dogman, but kind of a little different. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, it, it's it's hard to say, but I thought it was interesting that, and, and I and I saw this also doing some some reading after, that, the the girl that, that did the polygraph, the the two friends that were with her, uh, don't talk to her anymore, since she went public with this. Thought that was interesting. Linda Godfrey says that any reports she gets from multiple like multiple witness reports. She'll get the report from the one person and say they were in, for example, a party of three and everybody saw it, 
but only one person goes forward and tells the story, well, the other two people stop talking to that person. Like, that's a common thing with, with all these stories. Because they don't want to be associated so with So it, it just makes you wonder, like, why is that? Or is it because they're embarrassed by it? Or are they too scared? They don't want to talk about it and revisit it anymore? Or is the person going to Linda Godfrey, is it really, are they just perpetrating a hoax? And these people maybe were going to do it and then chickened out. So, no, you'd, I'd rather not. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. It's But these are the questions that got to be asked. And these are the type of things that you have to, your critical thinking has to come into play here to try to dissect these stories and figure out, well, what could it be? What is it? What can we rule out? Just because somebody passes a polygraph test doesn't mean they're telling the truth. Hate to break it to anybody that's listening, but you can beat those. There's there's ways. I, I explained to you one of the ways that I know of that that was told to me by somebody that beat the test doing that exact thing and not just that so, if you really believe it it'll come as being truthful exactly and you can make yourself believe something or you can too, think you saw something or, right you can exactly so you never know mm-hmm. but regardless is it one beast or multiple we don't know because there's been sightings of a single creature and been sightings of multiple mm-hmm. so if it if it is some type of a, a wolf hybrid of some kind, maybe a, a a hybrid, I guess, just a species that has evolved, mutated, mated with something it shouldn't have mated with. I don't know. Could it be something else that's now reproducing? And, and actually, if it is a wolf of some kind, does it still have, does it have that pack mentality that wolves do? And does it have territories like I was mentioning earlier? Is it expanding its territory nationwide now? Who knows? Maybe. We had mentioned uh, the church had on the property. The effigy mounds, yeah. The effigy mounds. So Linda Godfrey actually looked into the clusters of the sightings of the Beast of Bray Road. And then she looked at the, on a map, the Native American burial and effigy mounds. And what she did was she got two transparent type maps with each location marked. And when she layered them over each other, they were an exact match. Yeah, they were like, it was <laughs> So it was that's pretty, really interesting. It's pretty, yeah. Like, what is that? So, yeah, so, uh, I don't know. And she that's... had mentioned that a lot of them had to do with water spirits. And it questions, is this- A lot of what? A I lot mean. of the mounds. Okay, gotcha. Uh, it it questions is this creature does it have something to do with these mounds or maybe is it protecting it so i wanted to look up like the local native american tribes with those effigy mounds and local or the legends and i found a legend that i i thought was kind of interesting and i'm sorry if i butcher saying these things i'm not good with it but i'm gonna try so there's the menominee tribe legend about Mahawau. And Mahawau is the beloved brother of the Menominee culture hero. Uh, it, it's spelled Manabus, but can be pronounced Ananabush, which I guess there's all different ways to say it because there were different tribes that had different ways of saying it. All right. So in some versions, Mahawau is the twin brother of Nanabush, and in others, he is a wolf spirit adopted by Nanabush and his brother, as his brother. Mahuau is usually represented in the physical form of a wolf. 
Mahuau was murdered by water spirits, touching off a violent chain of events that included the destruction of Earth by the flood. Afterwards, Nanabush was unable to bring his brother back to life, so Mahuau became the ruler of the underworld. Mahuau is portrayed as a good and kind being who takes good care of the land of the dead. His name literally means wolf in Menominee. Nakopote, another name of his, means good hunter. So I just thought it was really interesting because I found this, this legend, and it has to do with this wolf-type guardian. And if these are burial grounds and effigy grounds, is this creature there to protect it? And when um, Linda brought up water spirits and this this being was killed by water spirits I was like huh you know trying to put two and two together so again I just thought it was really interesting and wanted to bring it up because could there be something connected I mean just the the seeing that map overlay yeah was like okay come on that's a little that's that's a coincidence come on there, there so I I think there's got to be something to that angle what I don't know, but I would think that there has to be something to that mm-hmm. because that's just way too coincidental. Well, it made me think uh, somebody, a, a listener, mentioned missing 401 disappearances the and caves. the caves, yes. the underground caves. And there was a match with that. So I feel like. Yeah, it was a match of disappearances with, with the, caves. the caves. So yes. I feel like it's not a coincidence. There's something going on. What it is, I don't know. That is the mystery. Mm-hmm. So in many of the documentaries we watched, there was a gentleman named Lee Hampel who talked about his experiences living off of Bray Road. Do you want to talk about that, Alex? Yeah, sure. So this guy was a former math teacher. Mm-hmm. They felt the need to <laughs> to say that in every in every one of the uh episodes that we watched did it make it more cre- make him more credible because he was per, a teacher perhaps I, I guess that's probably why it was mentioned so much but he was a retired math teacher and he lives off of bray road and he's seen the beast and uh he essentially saw it on uh on his property looked right at him he said he couldn't make out the shape but he saw the glowing red eyes and obviously it scared the hell out of him mm-hmm. uh he now no longer goes into his yard Unless he's got a shotgun with him, he doesn't go into, the, into that back part of his yard. And uh, you know he's in rural Wisconsin, so he's got a lot of property. Uh, from what we could tell, just based on what we saw in the uh, the various shows we watched with him, and he set up after that initial encounter, he set up cameras all around his property to try to capture whatever this was, and he never saw it again on the cameras. I believe he said he had seen it with his own two eyes again, but on the cameras, he's gotten thousands of pictures over the years. And, and prints. He's gotten and, pictures of prints. And and, and prints, right. And, and he, he's cast prints and everything like that. And the prints aren't and, normal. And you're, you're, we're going to jump all over the place here. Give me a minute. Okay. And he's never actually caught the the creature on camera he has set out bait for the creature uh meaning uh i believe he started with a 75 pound uh deer deer carcass uh and left it there 
and it disappeared. Couldn't see who took it. Uh, th- it was there on the trail cam, and then a few minutes later, it was gone, and there was no tracks, nothing. Just gone, vanished. No, And these are those trail cams that are motion-censored, so they, they get triggered by motion. Something stepped in front of it. He never saw what it was. Never caught on film. Uh, so he went and put another deer out, and this time he put out a 150-pound deer. And, and again, and it and that was the other thing, sorry, was not dragged away. It was just picked up and taken away because there was no drag marks. So whatever took it away had to be pretty damn strong. Mm-hmm. It couldn't have been, could it have been multiple things? Perhaps, but they would have had to, that means they were intelligent because they'd have to pick it up and work together. Teamwork. To, to get it out of there and bring it wherever they brought it to do whatever they were going to do with it. He said he ended up, uh, at, the, at the time of the interview we watched, he had said over 20 times he'd put different deer carcasses mm-hmm. out of varying sizes, all disappeared, and never saw anything. But one of his pictures, or, well, or several yeah. several pictures, because it was, mo- you know, flip, I guess the way they work, they f- they capture a picture every motion time. Motion and heat. There's mo- yeah, thank you. Every time there's motion and heat, it'll start snapping pictures. In one of them, the deer carcass is there. All of a sudden, this mist, like a mist cloud or something, just kind of appears. And, and you see it. You know, he's got the photos of it. And it's there for four or five shots. And then it just disappears. And along with it is the deer carcass gone, mm-hmm. vanished. So explain that one. I mean, he shows the pictures like to anyone yeah. who wants to see them. And it's interesting because, yeah, it's like this foggy mist kind of comes in. And then it just kind of yeah, away. like like it just kind of walks in, yeah. walks away. Yeah, and the it's other thing weird. that was interesting that he had were um, prints. The prints, yes. Now you talk were, about the prints that sure. were bizarre because with a wolf they have like the four toes and the pad, and this had an extra toe and it had an extra pad in the middle, and it was almost twice the size of a normal wolf print, so it didn't quite match anything that people have documented for this type of print which right. is interesting which kind of leads into this is something different something different and something big. big and the stride from one print to another four feet four feet that's so a that's big a, stride that's big yeah whatever this was was mm-hmm. big yeah now in terms of the mist some uh, there are some reports that have claimed um when at the skinwalker ranch they saw a strange mist appear and then a giant bipedal wolf, meaning it's walking on its two hind legs. Ryan Skinner, who's a private investigator and author, claims that he saw this happen and that the wolf creature walked towards him and his group. He said it got within two feet of him, mm-hmm. stood right in front of him, and he was terrified and he couldn't move. And then walked away disappearing as quickly as it appeared. Now, we talked, we did an episode about the Skinwalker Ranch, and one of the first experiences that the Shermans, the family who lived on that ranch, had was when they were moving in, a giant wolf came up and attacked 
one of his cattle. It seemed fine at first. And then all of a sudden was like, ooh, I'm going to have a snack. And they put multiple bullets in this thing. Yep, and it didn't do multiple anything. Multiple rounds from his from mm-hmm. his 357 Magnum. And then he had to, his uh, son get the 30-odd six and put a couple of rounds in it that way. He said he saw chunks of flesh flying off and didn't even... Nothing. Not even phase. Didn't even phase. It, it, it what was it? It, it? it decided after... After a while, that it was getting annoyed at getting shot at is is the feeling that the family got watching it, and it just kind of turned around and casually just trotted off. And they made, they gave chase and lost its tracks. It mm-hmm. just almost like it vanished. But so it brings up the question uh, with the mist: if this some other people are seeing a mist come in and then the wolf appear, is it a skinwalker? What is it? Is it something else? Is it something we don't know? So it was just really interesting. I wanted to bring that yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got theories about that. And I, oh, yeah. And I think too with that mist, uh, you mentioned it before. Missing four one one. Could that be something that is is a factor or a culprit in some of these cases of the missing four one one that we've talked about? My question is this creature doesn't seem to bother people. There have been reports where it runs up as they're driving that along. That we know of. That we know of reports that it runs up alongside of them and looks at them the only time it seems to go after people like one woman i think you have you're going to talk about it might have hit it with her car she got out of the car went after her. yeah I, i'd be probably pissed if somebody hit Why me with just, their car we could skip that story now <laughs> no you i want <laughs> you to go into it. but there there aren't a lot of stories where it's attacking people people have seen it chase deer going across the road chasing deer and people have seen it on the side of the road eating what looks like roadkill and holding it like a human and Linda illustrated a picture of it where it's holding it with his hand, palms up holding the animal eating it and that's what people have reported as well so it seems like it could be a scavenger and a hunter but is it attacking people is it has it killed anyone i don't know well if it's got this cloaking mist or way to cloak itself and it, it doesn't appear on any camera no one's got an actual photo well okay we'll go into the photograph in a minute but nobody's got any actual good photograph of it mm-hmm. this 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 uh this gentleman uh that lives on bray road the the math teacher mr hample he He's got cameras everywhere. Never been able to see it, but he'll capture prints mm-hmm. leading up to the deer carcass that were not there before, but no picture of the actual thing that took the carcass. Or could it be two different things, or multiple different things? I. It's uh, a great question. Yeah. So just a thought, and then you mentioned a picture that came up. Yeah, the picture that came up. There was a picture that that uh, what was it in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen? I believe it. It may. It was. It was, it was fairly recent within though. the within the last four or five years, and they claim that it, it, these folks claim that they got a picture of the Vista Bray Road. They got it right on the side of the road, and it. I don't. I didn't think it looked like anything that was uh, matching the description of anything that we saw read heard about it basically looked it, like maybe a wolf or a husky dog kind of walking on its hind legs coming up like the hill of the side of the road but it was weird because it looked like its right arm was like skeletal so it looked like a skeleton on its right yeah. arm and th- yeah and it seemed kind of weird it almost looked like somebody found a dead wolf and propped it up 
on like a with a stick or something and then just quickly snapped a picture of it like a dead carcass that they found on the side of the road because again yeah the arm was was bone yeah they looked like it had no no skin like, no fur like nothing it's like a bone it looked, yeah and and but people were all like oh we've they've got it there it is there's the evidence and i'm looking at it like this but i did this some, is your picture proof and evidence i did some looking into it and i did see a website that talks about cryptids and it brought up a few points that it could be fake and it's possible that maybe some like taxidermist who's not good at what he does is like, oh, this is good enough. Because it's not just that the arm is skeletal, it's like weird. But that it's they, like weird. It's like <laughs> it's weird looking. It's it's like misshapen compared uh, to how okay. maybe it should be. But they brought up a few things. It's possible that this animal's arm got caught in a trap and basically the skin and the muscle all got degloved from it, so it just got pulled off. There are animals okay. where that happens, and then they just kind of live like that. Um, and it's possible because they had like a picture of like a deer that was killed, and its hind feet were missing, and it was just like bone and like the nub of the bone. So I guess that's possible, but I feel like it's highly unlikely. It could be some kind of like it was roadkill that somebody malformation propped up. from it this was roadkill that somebody propped up yeah. and took a picture of that's, and said, I, I "Oh, that's yeah. the that's the beast right there." It didn't. It's funny that the person who took the photo gave like one or two interviews and then refused any more interviews after that. I will say, if everyone's shitting on you, you might be like, "Hey, I know what I saw. I'm I'm done trying to argue with people." Okay, or it's possible that. Somebody will mention to them, oh, you know, this actually looks like a roadkill that you propped that. up. that. And uh, what, what do you have to say to that? And they wouldn't know what to say. I don't it, know. Is that possible? Yeah, if that's possible. Is it possible that they, they did see something and they snapped a picture and that's really what it looks like? Is it possible sure, that some asshole was messing with people and put that out there? Oh, maybe. somebody's coming by. Let's hide. And they snapped a picture. Yeah, so they think maybe. it's real. Right. Is that possible? Absolutely. So yeah, who knows? I don't I just, I look at that and I said, if that's the photographic evidence, then that's weak. It's just mm -hmm. weak. It doesn't look like anything to me. But- Anyway, one of the things watching some of these shows where they're going out looking for the creature, I was telling Alex, I'm like, see, if I were doing this, I'd have like Ziploc bags filled with like steak in my pockets. So that way, if I did see something like off and I'd be like, and like trying to call to it, like waving a steak out so it could kind of come here, forward. beastie, beastie. Yeah. Like, here, beastie, come beastie. Here, I have some meat for you. Please don't eat me. Eat this instead. Right on. I'm just saying, if I wanted to lure it out, that's that might be a way to do it. Well, yeah, I think that, <laughs> that would probably work. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some of the stories about the Beast of Bray Road. And our thoughts of what we think it is. Oh, you want to do that too? Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. All right, we'll be right back in a moment. Many people are unaware just how much hypnotherapy can help them or think it's only to help lose weight or quit smoking. But there is so much more hypnotherapy can do. It can help with stress, anxiety, insomnia, phobias, performance enhancement, connecting with your spirit guides and higher self. You can even discover past lives and your life between lives. Heal traumas, 
break habits, find your deepest truth, or just have fun discovering who you really are, all from the comfort of your home. I'm Monique Pliakis. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and I want to help you. Schedule a free consult by going to www.innerstandingshypnosis.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com. Understandings Hypnosis. Find your power and ignite your inner light. We're back. Yes, we are. And now we're going to get into some stories. stories. I mean, that's the fun part, right? Just hearing the stories and the sightings and things. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we're going to get into some here. Now, uh, we talked about the first sighting that, that uh, the first known, I guess, sighting in that area of Wisconsin. So there were no additional reports of Bray Road Beast sightings for many years, at least none that became public. Then, in 1964, the beast was seen just two miles from the location of that 1936 sighting. The creature was reported again in 1972 when a woman said the beast tried to break into her home before attacking and seriously injuring a horse. That's, oh, okay. Well, all right. It's like, let me in, bitch. Yeah, get me in the house. <laughs> I'm hungry. What you what got in there? You got any pie? Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> now, on October, October 31st, 1989, Halloween, Doris Dean Gibson was driving on Bray Road near Devlin, Wisconsin when she felt a bump. Thinking she may have hit something, she stopped and got out of her car. She saw nothing behind the car, but as she looked around approximately 50 feet away, Gibson saw a very large, bizarre-looking creature running straight at her. I would have probably pooped myself. I'd be like, are you okay? Do you need medical assistance? Do you she, need a hug? Yeah, you would. That's that's the scary part of you. That's, that's not funny. That's true. She would. Are you are you okay? If you're, it's an animal. Don't don't eat me. First of I all, I just want to make sure you're okay. First of all, okay. let's give props to this woman for actually stopping and getting out to see like what she hit, if this person or thing is okay. Reminds me of the office when uh, <laughs> Michael hits Meredith with his car and Jim's doing the talking head. One time Michael came in and he said he, he, he felt a speed bump on the highway. I wonder who he ran over then. Yeah. Anyhow, back to Miss Gibson. Uh, she quickly got back into the car and started to drive off. The beast of Bray Road jumped onto the trunk of the vehicle but quickly fell off as she sped away. Gibson told a neighbor about what had happened and showed them some deep scratches on her car trunk. From there, the rumor of the Bray Road Beast began to spread once again, and more people began to come forward to tell their own strange stories of encounters with the Beast. So I'm curious. She maybe hit something a little bit, pissed it off, it went after her. Could it be a wolf? Could it be? It could be. Would it run and jump on the back of the car? I don't know. How mad is it? <laughs> oh, fair enough. I, 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 I just I, you don't hear of that kind of behavior from an, uh, normal wild animals, I guess. No, and I, I also wonder: Did she have any other damage to the car? Because if it was something that 
big to just kind of run over it. Well, here's the thing. Maybe she didn't run over it. Maybe she didn't even hit it. Maybe she just felt a bump. Didn't realize. Maybe maybe she hit like a squirrel or something. Well, I was going to say, did she hit his dinner? Like the roadkill? Perhaps. And hit it? And she stopped and got out to be like, oh, shoot, did I hit something? And then realizes there's this freaking beast running at her. And she's like, like, oh, shit. Yeah. Could that be? I don't know. But yeah, just like what would chase after a person and then like try to jump and put claw marks yeah and there was there's there's a picture of the claw marks on the trunk and it looks like claw marks of yeah could have could have been a a four four fingered something it looks like claw marks i i could that have been put there with somebody's set of keys probably could you scrape that in with a knife yeah probably like a garden I, a garden hoe yeah. kind of thing sure could have been that too we, I don't know I, I wasn't there but that's that story so anywho moving on from there one sighting of the Bray Road Beast in 1989 was reported by 24 year old Lorraine Andreezy Lorraine said that she was driving on Bray Road when she saw something that appeared to be crouching on the side of the road. She slowed her car to get a better look, and what she saw would terrify her. Terrify her! She said that at one point she was within six feet of the beast. She reported that she saw the beast for about 45 seconds and described it as being a large brown-gray hair-covered creature. It had large fangs, pointed ears, and a face like a wolf. She said that the beast was built very broad, almost like a bodybuilder, and looked very powerful. Lorraine escaped in her car and related her story to her family. Now, I want to know, what was she doing? She just saw it and decided, she's driving along and she just stopped the car because she's like, what's that? Let me get on and look. She's being a looky-loo. <laughs> like, very bizarre what is that i I don't know yeah like curiosity could have killed that cat she's lucky so anyhow she escapes she released a story to her family and her mother is the one that actually contacted linda godfrey and godfrey talked to many people after that who claimed to have seen the beast of bray road and that's when she would later go on to publish uh, that story that particular story on december 29th 1991 Uh, and from there godfrey went she wrote a bunch of books Mm-hmm. Uh, about about this particular subject and other cryptids and other things, uh, a, a lot of things in that area. But she's done books on cryptids from all over. So, do you think maybe this thing is just like territorial, kind of like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino, like get off of my lawn, kind of like just trying to scare people away? If it's a wolf, then yeah, because, because that's it, that's what wolves are. They don't right? care who owns the property; it's it's their territory. So maybe yeah, it's something well, that is just like trying to scare people I mean, away. What's owning something? You have a piece of paper that says it's yours. Well, exactly. But like I always say this, like when you buy land, like that belongs to the animals. So they don't yeah, care they that don't you care. bought it. Yeah, they don't care who's got they a piece of paper that, saying like, it's theirs. <laughs> that they're, they're gonna, in your way. <laughs> right. They don't exactly. Yeah. So eh, I don't know. But uh I actually picked up one of uh, Linda Gottfried's books and uh, 
It's a beast of Bray Road in our house, <laughs> howling away. Uh, she was just Good. sitting on my lap. Goodness. Being quiet. <laughs> so uh, the book, I Know What I Saw by Linda Godfrey, had some uh, pretty interesting stories in there. And, and it wasn't just about dog man, werewolves, or anything like that. She had all kinds of different stories in there. Really pretty cool. I skimmed through it and, and, and caught uh, one particular story about a dog man or a beast Bray Road type of beast kind of thing and it actually was spotted in New Hampshire where we live so immediately my my eyes went whoop <laughs> we're going Zero, on an adventure <laughs> zeroed in on that and was like where's that let's let's go check that out so I'm going to read this ex- excerpt from that book and I just pick it up support Linda Godfrey's work she does good work so here we go this is from uh, the book I know what I saw And it's called, this particular story is called The Graveyard Shifty, New Hampshire. Many people walk gingerly through cemeteries. That's natural considering what lies below. But we humans are not the only beings that tread dark places lightly. Spirits are also said to waft softly over headstones. And this next encounter involves something that was not human, not dead, and perhaps not even a canine. But it's another good illustration of unknown creatures and cemeteries. So here is the very detailed report I received of an incident in New Hampshire in mid-October 2014. So it's pretty recent. The man, who wished to remain anonymous, wrote that he had come home one chilly Tuesday night that fall at about 12.30 a.m. and saw what he first thought was a deer, very reminiscent on some accounts that we've seen earlier. He realized it was not a deer as it walked on its hind legs. He said, quote, it was tremendously thin and was taking poodle-like baby steps at a high rate of speed. I did not see any tail, but I knew it was definitely not a Bigfoot. I couldn't believe it, but at no time did I feel threatened. I was not afraid, just surprised. I kept staring at it. I couldn't figure out what I was looking at. It did not seem to pay any attention to me at all, end quote. He said it was not able to see its arms. Or he was not able to see its arms, but it had a triangular head with small eyes and a short face and struck struck them as uh, almost like cat and wolf-like at once. Uh, its fur was quite short. It seemed to have walked across a commons area and was about 65 feet away, standing just inside the tree line of some woods. It appeared to have come from the direction of a nearby colonial-era graveyard, Behind the cemetery were some historic buildings and an embankment that led down to a river called the Mountain Stream. It continued to head south silently, but at a fast pace and was soon lost from sight. He added that there were houses nearby and speculated the creature may have taken shelter in a shed next to an old church. He said, quote, Now I believe those stories people said about the hostile werewolf types, and I believe there are different types of these dogmen. I just happened to see the more timid of the types. He added that seeing people about the... Uh, I read that wrong. He added that seeing people go into the cemetery had always made him cringe without knowing exactly why. Cemeteries are just one type of site often connected with wolf-like creatures, especially upright canines that act like phantoms or bear a resemblance to Anubis, ancient Egypt's jackal-headed god of the dead. Military zones. 
That's, again, from the book I Know What I Saw by Linda Godfrey. So pick that up, check that out. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. From our neck of the woods here uh-huh. in New Hampshire. Yeah. Small poodle-like steps. So th- th- that, that particular thing doesn't fit the the description or, or the uh, the physical characteristics, I guess, of, of the creature that was seen in Wisconsin mm-hmm. with the four-foot stride. Taking small poodle-like steps like that, that doesn't that doesn't seem like it's the same thing. But could it be like how Bigfoot has maybe different races, I guess, within the species? I don't know. Like a different variation of, of that type of creature, if mm. that's what it is. Maybe. But I found it interesting because are these guardians of the dead? Very well could be something like that, especially if they're being seen near cemeteries, near these ceremonial mounds and mm-hmm. things like that. It, it Maybe something with, you know, like ceremony, spirituality. Is there something there like with sacred land or land that is kind of like hollowed ground, sacred ground, things like that? Are they almost like called to it and they come forward? I, I don't know. Is it, And if that's the case, is it an actual physical thing or is it some type of a spirit? That is, that is there. Do you have any other stories? I've got a couple more. Okay. So this one here, I found on Reddit. You can find some good stuff on Reddit, believe it or not. All right. So this one was posted about five years ago by You Buster's Problem. It's pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's titled The Beast of Bray Road. This took place in Cleburne, Texas in October 2016 at around 1 a.m. Me and my girlfriend were sitting outside on my dad's porch smoking a cigarette. It was dark, so it was pretty hard to see. I also want to make note that my dad lived on about 300 acres of vacant land, and he did for a fact have many wild animals that roamed at night, as well as cattle, so we were pretty used to seeing wild hogs, coyotes, raccoons, and even wild turkey approach the house once the sun went down. This didn't seem like any of those things. There were no streetlights, and the closest neighbor was about two football fields away. We noticed something creeping through the grass about 30 feet away from the porch. The movement reminded us of a coyote, but this, whatever it was, was only about a foot and a half tall and anywhere from 7 to 10 feet long. Its body was pressed almost completely against the ground, and its head turned towards us, almost as if it was stalking us as prey. We were pretty freaked out when we noticed, so we grabbed our cigarettes and shoes, but that's when things got even freakier. This thing had been crawling towards a medium-sized tree, and as it passed behind the tree, it didn't reappear on the other side. Could it have climbed the tree, or perhaps stood upright behind the tree, hiding, watching? I did not stay around to find out. All I know is the footsteps stopped, so it wasn't running away out of view. My girlfriend suggested we go get a flashlight and try to scare it off, to which I responded, quote, Are you fucking crazy? Get inside now. End quote. After searching Wikipedia, I thought it might have been the Beast of Bray Road or maybe a werewolf. Any ideas or thoughts as to what this could have been? And then, of course, you got the millions of comments after that, but I, we're not going to get into that. I'd be like, let's go, let's go check it out. Get, we'll get some meat. Like, part of me was like, we grabbed our cigarettes. Like, are you going to flick your cigarettes at it? Like, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. I, I don't Yeah, right. Or may offer it a smoke. Hey, want to smoke? Want some tobacco? I'll leave you an offering. Why not? Yeah. 
So that's pretty interesting. It is. What and would you do if you saw something like that happen, like crawling towards you? Like, and all of a sudden it's just behind a tree. Yeah. Yes. Well, here, I don't know why I ask. Here, I mean, that's obviously what you would do. I'd be like, go get a flashlight. <laughs> Let's go see. Get uh, some yeah, steak. Yeah, yeah, so it yeah, eats yeah. that, not me. <laughs> all right. This next story is another one I found on Reddit. And uh, this can be the final one that I share today. It is from Not Ken Dorsey. So it's Not Ken Dorsey. And this was posted four years ago. I lived in the town of Franklin, Wisconsin. This was about 1997 to 98. We had just moved into a brand new subdivision and were currently the only house that was built. The rest of the area for a long distance was empty lots on what used to be the adjoining farm's old land. Our backyard had a running creek. On the other side of the creek was some brush and a single lane road with an old wooden streetlight that gave off an orange hue about 30 yards or so away. It was a warm summer night and I was having a sleepover with one of my friends. We had all the lights off and were playing hide and seek in the dark. I went back into our sunroom and saw something crouched over illuminated through the... Over illuminated... What? Crouched over. I went back into our sunroom and saw something crouched over illuminated through the brush and the orange streetlight. He missed a comma. Okay. That, that must be it. I just copied and pasted this. <laughs> right, I didn't proofread it or anything from Reddit. I'm not sure how to describe its body posture. You know how when you're about to throw up and you hunch over on your knees and palms? It was similar to that. Its breaths were so deep and heavy that you could see its chest heaving from that distance. We had a 140-pound Akita who stood six feet on his hind legs. I could easily tell that whatever this was dwarfed my Akita. I also know what it, that it wasn't any type of dog or wolf. Its hind legs were thick and muscular like a man's, but its body tapered at the abdomen and head, like, and its head was like a wolf or canine. I called out to my friend who came over and just said, quote, What the fuck is that? end quote to me trying not to make much noise we sat there as it was hunched for a good 30 minutes my dad who was a hard-ass vietnam vet came out to see what the hell we were doing up so late we asked what it was and he just said quote i don't know end quote he then went outside as we stayed in scared for my dad he had one of those old mega lights that had the power of a thousand candles and took it with him he stood in the driveway and shined it onto whatever we were watching it looked back at us, and I honestly don't remember its eye color. What I do remember is that when it took off into the brush, it took off upright, like a sprinter from the on-all-fours stance. My dad heard it splash through the creek and hightailed it in. It was one of those fucked-up moments you don't really talk about because people will think that you're crazy. When I heard about it so many years later, I immediately knew I'd seen it too. Ha! Huh. It's interesting because a lot of these accounts, it runs away. It's not attacking. Yes. Well, I mean, it, it just got a big, this this thing in this particular story got a light shined at it. Yeah. A really bright light. So it probably scared it. Yeah. But I mean, they're inside too. They're in a sunroom. So it's not like. Yeah. It's probably not going to try to go crashing through. Well, you don't know that. The, I'm just saying. And they don't know that. Maybe it's going to come up and use its hands to try to open the door or knock. <laughs> See it coming over, ring, pushing the doorbell, <laughs> ringing the doorbell, and just sitting there waiting. 
ding. <laughs> just, just hanging out, waiting. Just knock on the wait, door. Wait for somebody to come to the door. Ay, ay, ay. So, I mean, th- those are some pretty f- messed up stories. I mean, again, nothing that I came across where anything was uh, attacking a Mm-mm. human. But it was interesting. He said the legs were more of like a man. Yeah. Because just because of how muscular and thick they were and the fact that it obviously was standing upright and then it gets tapered at the waist. So that almost fits the description of like what a werewolf, I guess. But if a creature was... we've been taught to think would look like. If a creature was walking on its hind legs a lot, wouldn't that make those legs muscular? Is the creature doing a lot of heavy squatting? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if it's always on its hind legs, wouldn't it work other muscles than when it's on all fours? Wouldn't that create more muscle, perhaps? I I, Causing it to look more muscular? I I don't know. I don't know the physiology of these things or the biology of these things or if it's even... If if this is even something people are seeing. Like, is it even... if, If this is something that a couple of kids didn't just imagine... Yeah. I mean, who knows? Are they seeing an actual physical thing? You could argue yes, because it leaves behind physical imprints. Mm-hmm. It leaves behind yeah. tracks. So you could say, yeah, it's obviously some kind of a physical creature. But then you also have the mist. You have the stories of the mist. We have the photographic evidence that this this uh, retired math teacher has. And, and it, 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 I mean, that's a physical manifestation of something whether it's camouflage or or what Mm -hmm. but it's something so is it a physical thing that can maybe camouflage itself some way in some ways and maybe the the mist is just one of those ways is it a skinwalker like Mm -hmm. well let's go over the possibilities could it be let's go over some of the possibilities so I think a lot of people would be satisfied at saying people are just seeing wild animals they're seeing either kind of wolf a bear or other various wild animals depending on the type of sighting and in terms of it running on its hind legs I don't know maybe there's some type of family of wolves that were malformed so they have to move like that I don't know or or it's a bear people mm -hmm. are seeing bears a skinny bear or something yeah it could be any of those things that people are seeing now Again, you 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 mentioned earlier the stories of people who say that they they're driving along on that Bray Road and then they'll look out the window and the thing's running next to them and keeping up with them as they're speeding up and going fifty fifty five miles an hour. The thing's keeping keeping pace with them. So, are I don't if they're if they're seeing that if they're really truly seeing something out there doing that then what is it? But it's dark. Are they really seeing something on two (sighs) hind legs? That's just it. That's just it. I don't know. Another thing that I wondered is the power of mass suggestion. So you have these stories that are out there. People hear these stories. And then especially in 1987, that DJ Steve Cook made that song. And that just puts that suggestion out there more. So maybe somebody is just seeing a regular wolf, but in their mind, they made it out to be this creature. That could be a possibility. Yeah. And if if a lot of these sightings are at night, it's dark obviously it, it could be cold out the moonlight could be a you know a certain hue shadow that night can distort, shadow yeah. can distort things the imagination is a very powerful thing it, who knows what you, you're seeing 
it, it could just be very basic and, and it's it just could. being it's just being colored and tinged by the the moonlight by the the darkness by and the that shadow power of suggestion that's been put in your mind so absolutely. you put all those things together absolutely you saw a dog man maybe that necessarily wasn't it which also when there's so many people thinking that this thing this creature is real could they have made a topa is that possible could that's, they have like actually too. manifested it that's that's a very I mean it's a it's a possibility. Now, I had a thought, and, and I'm going to share my theory on maybe what it is, and then something you said that kind of made me laugh in my head. But so, I was thinking. Well, I was doing research. What can wolves? What kind of like canid type creatures can walk on their hind legs? And I came across an article that said that the African wild dog has been known as one of the only dogs to walk on its two hind legs. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Now these these wild dogs, they are a little, they're smaller than wolves, but they can go up to like 44 miles an hour running. They are really fast. They are hunters and scavengers, kind of like what this creature seems like. And I'm not saying it's that, but I'm wondering, we know our government does experiments. We're going to be, okay, we know they do this shit. So could our government be doing experiments on animals, maybe breeding or genetically mixing wolves with something like an African wild dog or something else? Are they genetically mutating wolves' DNA? Are they doing something to create this type of creature? And then as they've been known to do, releasing it out into the public. Whether they claim it's accidental. See what happens. Whether they claim it's accidental or whatever, are they doing these experiments and then putting them out to maybe because they think it won't last, let it go die, or to see like how do they survive and what do they do? How do they adapt to the environment? And then when you brought up the mist thing, I thought maybe part of like it's camouflage is like it like kind of like skunks have their defense mechanism. It like farts out a mist and it like covers them. But could it have been something created however long ago? That's just loose. And then it's bred. It survived and it's bred and it's spread out. Bred with other things and or with each created, other created well if it was one thing that was but bred, no if there's more than one if the, yeah okay and maybe there's sure. different types and they just kind of let them loose and then those bred together and then who knows what happened i'm just saying that is a possibility uh, it and honestly that to me is probably the most plausible possibility for me just because i know some of these things that are admitted by our, our government that they did mm-hmm. that, I mean whether it be a what weapon. they're currently doing we know is uh, obviously not a good thing either but mm-hmm. we know that they're they're not doing uh, noble things like, that's was, not what their job is did they make this as a weapon to try to control it and realize it's too wild we can't control it and that's why maybe they I I, I think that, that that's a very, very good possibility that that's what this is. 
we were, uh, well, I, I had listened to, and I, I got you to start listening to a, a, a story about a woman who lived in a national forest. She had one of the only pieces of private property located in the middle of a national forest. And she discovered after living there for a couple of years that she was actually living on the top of a dumb, what's called a dumb, which is a acronym for deep underground military base. So she was living on top of one of these things and she saw all kinds of crazy stuff out there on her property, around her property. And she was so remote that there was no cell towers anywhere near her in order to use her cell phone. She would have to drive 20 miles away from her home to get to a cell tower just to use a cell phone. This is how remote she was. But she would see military vehicles around all the time uh, going up and down the, the one private road. So, she, so her thoughts were that the government is doing some type of experimentation on animals and releasing them out to see what they'll do because she had a particular sighting of something that that would resemble the beast of Bray Road or a dogman or a werewolf. She had 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 seen one several different times, okay. as well as other weird looking creatures that she had never heard of or seen before. So her thought was that that's what's going on, and when you said that I brought I actually brought that story up to you because I had heard it and I started playing it again and revisited it but yeah it's I to me that's the most likely of stories uh, of possibilities that it is some type of a created chimera I mean that we know that they do that mm -hmm. kind of stuff yeah. they've admitted as much so so something you had mentioned, it could be some kind of multidimensional creature, something whose vibration can travel through different frequencies, something that is visible and can be invisible to us. Yeah, some, like, like uh, kind of like how fairies or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, elementals, those type of things where the, people believe that so they, they can, yeah. exist alongside us. We just can't see them because we're not on their frequency. We mm -hmm. can't see that light spectrum. We can't feel. I mean, some people are sensitive to it and can see things, obviously. Or they appear when they want to uh, or appear. appear. Right. So it, could it be something along those lines if that's a if that's a real thing? I, who am I to say that it can't be? It could be. Yeah. And then the other thing that we mentioned before, a skinwalker. Could it be a skinwalker? There's, I mean, the, the skinwalker thing apparently is is something that's not just an ancient thing it's something that's a currently ongoing yeah. practice that is that is done by some of these uh, i guess you'd call them rogue uh <laughs> rogue spirit uh, uh medicine men from from some of these native american tribes yeah. that want this this power to be able to transform into other and like what they have forms. to do to get that is messed up and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so some, there's some crazy stuff there. Yeah, look into that. Maybe we'll do a show on that someday. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, yeah, uh, could it be something like that? I'd be sure, it could be. It's just where the sightings are are becoming more frequent lately. This was kind of a weird thought that I had when we were watching one of these documentaries. If it is demonic in nature, it would kind of help to fit the narrative of how the earth it, it, how we're slowly it, like if you're going back to biblical times we're talking about revelation the apocalypse all that kind of stuff it, uh, and and you're talking about when 
<laughs> the, the demons and everything were going to start roaming the earth. It would kind of this would fit that narrative a little bit because now they're it's expanding. You're seeing them everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see yeah. them more and more around. Did somebody open a portal up somewhere? And now these things are now slowly multiplying. I mean, we've seen that narrative play out on so many different television shows, movies, mm-hmm. where portals are open, things are released. That, that show, The Exorcist, that we watched, that was yeah. that was like essentially that's what it was about, right? Is that what's happening? Maybe I don't know. But I, don't, I feel if like you if you believe in that kind of stuff, but these dog men, I don't I don't think they're evil necessarily they may not be they may not have any kind of malevolence at all it could be just a wild creature. wild creature just looking to survive like every other creature on this planet mm-hmm. it could be who knows but yeah. yeah i just i thought that was uh i was thinking that watching them like is that what it is maybe it's some kind of a if if you believe the demonic thing is that what's happening slowly that's just and you look around, man. It, I mean, jeez. Well, one thing I just thought of, though. <laughs> it's like, it's like bizarro world out there now. People run away, and they can run away. If that yeah. creature, based off of what people say and how fast it can move, if it wanted to catch that person before it got inside its car or in its house or whatever, it could. Oh, for sure. So I don't think it's doing uh, I want to hurt you. It's a get the fuck away from me kind of thing. And animals do that. Yeah, they for sure. They growl, they'll bark, they'll snarl, like snarl, like whatever they have to do, show their teeth, try to lunge at you or nip at you, not necessarily to cause harm, but to get, so you get the idea to leave them alone. Yeah, there's, I mean, you if you think about it, it makes sense. They're mm-hmm. just as scared of you as you are of it. Or most animals anyway, yeah. right? As long as you're not provoking them, they're probably Or they're not, not scared gonna... of you, but they don't care about you. And yeah, or that. So, or that sure. who knows but I, yeah i don't i don't think they're evil I, ha- just I, my opinion. I don't have a i don't have a thought either way I on if it's are. evil or not i think if it's if it's a creature it's in my view in my opinion it probably is what you think it, it is some type of a chimera that was let out i don't believe that anything escapes i think it's let out lyme disease didn't just you know yeah, get out on its on, own right Nothing just escapes, uh, but anyway. So many was, accidents, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always, always accidents. Yeah. yeah, it was an accident. Huh. Funny how that works. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that—that's what I think it probably is. If it's a, a a real physical thing that people are seeing, uh, but I also think, like we said, it, it, it. I think a lot of these settings probably are the mass hysteria, the mass suggestion. It, it could be a combination uh, of different things. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so let us know what you think. Absolutely. Have you ever had an experience with yeah. the Beast of Bray Road or Dogman or something similar? Let us know. Let us know. Do Absolutely. you have your own theory or do you agree with us on something? Let us know. Yeah, definitely. You know, hit us up on a. You know, we'll we'll play the little deal at the end of the show here. Mm-hmm. You can find out where to follow us on social media if you don't want to reach out to us on social media we get that we, you can direct message us i think is that yeah you can dm us on twitter yeah. and, and then we also have an email address homeworkerpod at gmail.com right. send us an email yeah and that's all on our website so you can mm-hmm. check all that stuff out yeah. so you can message us through the website there you go do you have any final thoughts before we uh no i think i've said call it a show i think i said everything i wanted to say on this matter so far rock and roll and and you 
Uh, no, I, I think I'm de definitely going to pick up that Beast of Bray Road book. So we, yeah. we may revisit this this topic again in the in the future, depending on what I <laughs> what I uncover and find out. But yeah, this this has been uh, been interesting. So thanks again to Matt Spectro. Thank you for the <laughs> for the suggestion. And if there's an episode you want us to talk, if there's for an episode something you want us to talk about, let us know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're open to it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So until next time, I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion, joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing wife, the lovely Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. from and interacting with our hearers and watchers. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HomewreckerPod. You can also visit our website HomewreckerPodcast.com where you can check out past episodes and pick up some Homewrecker Podcast gear from our online store. Also, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're hearing or watching our show. That way you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and you can check out the video versions of our show at YouTube and Brideon. You can also find Monique in a few places online as well. I'm on Twitter, at underscore Monique Giselle underscore. If you're interested in a tarot reading, organite, incense, candles, and other cool things, you can go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. Or if you're interested in hypnotherapy, you can go to innerstandingshypnosis.com to schedule a free 20-minute consult. And follow me on Twitter, at Monique P-C-H-T. And Alex, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at TheAlexArion. And you can check out my website, AlexArionFitness.com. Com. And if that's too much to remember, we get it. That's why we put it all in our show notes. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we appreciate all of your support. We do. Thank you. We love you.